Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, as always, we give you permission to do what you desire. We ask that you make our minds, our hearts, our souls fertile soil, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures for us, the great mysteries of the faith. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Yes, so as you might guess from my deep voice this morning, I was at the game last night. It was great. Very exciting. Wonderful thing. Glad for the extra hour of sleep as well. I'm sure all of you. As we enter into uh, the homily today, as we enter into this Mass, we, yeah, great, everybody's all excited after a big win. I mean, this is a really big win. It's fantastic. But at the end of the year, the church is giving, giving us, at the end of the liturgical year, some more kind of sober realities to have our minds on, but even more beautiful and even more glorious than whatever happened in Tiger Stadium last night. But at the end of the liturgical year, so these next, this weekend, next weekend, and then Christ the King the next, the church is pointing us towards the last things, which is called the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Like these things before us, maybe in our day-to-day life, we're not thinking about them, but as Catholics, they should be something, and in anyone, there should be something that's consistently before us. Because what they do, when we look at them rightly, they put everything else in perspective. Everything else in its proper perspective. One of the things, that, the kind of phrases that the church would use in the past and still does, which is kind of more common then, memento mori. Remember your death. Memento mori. Why? It's like, gosh, that kind of seems a little, like, heavy in a sense. Like, remember your death. No, actually, because we are not made for this world. Ultimately, we're made for heaven. We're made for heaven, and, and the doorway there is the end of this life. And so, it, it allows us, actually, to approach the things of this world in its proper order and to have our minds on the things that matter the most, which is the Lord himself. And so not in this heavy way, but actually in this beautiful way. And today, the gospel, we have the Sadducees who they deny that there's a resurrection. For us, maybe as Catholics, we just kind of take it for granted in some sense. Like, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead. There's a resurrection from the dead. But like, that's a big deal. Not everybody believes that. And there's actually a growing number of people who are, don't believe in the Lord and then, and then don't believe in the resurrection. And, and so what, what, how does that change? The Sadducees, the, the people today who don't believe in the resurrection, it changed how do you view this life. And one of the most common things, if, okay, if I don't believe there's another life, then what I have to do is get the most I can out of every moment or second here. It becomes a very selfish pursuit. And one that ultimately is never satisfying. You know, maybe if someone who went to the game last night, they're like, okay, like, there's nothing for me on the other side of death. 
And so they're just like, oh my gosh. And maybe they're reveling in how amazing it was and they're on the field and all this stuff. Like, what if we lose next week? Like, what's going to happen? You know, what, like, what's going to happen? There's, there's never enough. Our hearts are made for infinite love, for infinite happiness. And that points us, right? That's actually a proof of the existence of God in, in, in a certain way because I'm created for something that this world cannot give me. And as Catholics would believe, I'm created for someone that ultimately, right, is God himself. That in heaven, I will be eternally happy. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, just peace and love and fulfillment beyond understanding. So if, if I don't believe that, then I can get and think to maximize in a certain sense, in a false sense, what I can get out of this life. And it becomes a, a selfish pursuit that ultimately leaves me unhappy. Now, when Jesus is acknowledging the resurrection of the dead, right, he, he acknowledges that, like, some folks are going to go to heaven and some folks aren't. And, and Jesus says that multiple times in the gospel. And that can be for us a kind of sobering thing, like, uh, that's uncomfortable to think about. Okay, it's uncomfortable to think about. But we can't argue with the Lord himself who's clear about it. So what do we think? I have people who asked me, and I think particularly at this stage of life, college students would, will ask like, okay, well, if the Lord loves us and he wants us all to go to heaven, which is very clear, that's why he died on the cross, because he desires all of us to be with him for all eternity, then how come hell even exists and how come people go there? What's well, as simple as this. God desires us to love him. And he desires us to experience the gift of love. And what is required for love is that we have an intellect and a will. Because love is to know and to will the good of the other. That I have an intellect to understand what the good is. And I have a will to choose it for the other, for someone else. That's ultimately what love is. Are there warm, fuzzy feelings involved with love? Of course there are. But it's not the heart of it. Ask anybody who's been married more than 10 minutes, okay? If you're only loving when it's warm and fuzzy, you will be married for 10 minutes, okay? But, but this, the heart of love is to will and to choose the good of the other. And so he has given us free will to have the capacity to love for love. One of the consequences of the capacity and the ability to love is that we can choose not love. We can sin. But that's not why sometimes we think God gave us free will to choose good or evil. And, and it's like, no, he only gave it to us to choose good. Like parents, you know, parents, you may give your children a baseball bat. Why do you give it to them? To play baseball, right? To play baseball well. If your child hits their sibling with the baseball bat, right? That's not why you gave it to them. <laughs> My brothers and I, sometimes that's what we did with our baseball bats. It didn't end well, <laughs> and not just between the brothers, <laughs> the parents, right? So the Lord is giving us free will for the sake of love, but a consequence of it is that we can misuse this. And then again, there can be eternal consequences to it, which we need to be mindful. And so 
when, when we're talking about memento mori, it's like, okay, remember my death because there's something after it. There's someone after it. And that's who I want to be with. And so how now does that change how I live my life here? It's not about trying to maximize the most pleasure in my life, but it's about loving the two basic commandments, love God and love neighbor. And that if we live that way, right? So how do we get to heaven? Not on our own effort, by God's grace, but through us cooperating with him. Like he's given it all. We don't have to, we can't earn it. No amount of good works will ever get you to heaven. No amount of good works will ever get me to heaven. Only the grace of God. But part of cooperating with the grace of God is choosing. Like, well, I have to choose it. I have to live that particular way. I have to live in love there. So we think of this again, again, memento mori. Why? I think it was maybe like six weeks ago, we had the passage of the rich man and Lazarus, right? And the rich man is just like dining sumptuous every, every day. He's wearing purple clothes. He's a tiger fan. You know, I mean, like all of this. And Lazarus is at his door and, he's, and he doesn't feed Lazarus. And then he ends up eternally separated from God. He's like, what happened? Well, well tell my brothers. And like, well, Lazarus was there and you never even like cared for him or loved him in any way. And he's like, okay, well, go tell them. And the Lord's like, well, no, they have the prophets. They have everyone else who has told them. So this guy, like, he wasn't even aware because he wasn't thinking about what's going to happen when his life is over. He was just thinking about what's the next thing that I can have for myself. So for us, again, memento mori, and it actually opens us up to live more freely. I remember being a college student uh, here, and this is, I was a college student here when Nick Saban first came as our coach. It was an exciting time to be a college student. We start winning, and this is like, my, my week definitely was affected by how well we played on, on Saturday. It's like a, like a thing. Now, I still am a big fan. I love LSU football, but I actually enjoy the game much more than I did when I was more concerned with it because it doesn't have the same impact on my life. And this could be with anything, relationships, whatever it may be. The more that we love the Lord, the more that we're free to actually enjoy the things of this world because we're not expecting something from them that they cannot give us. I'm not expecting something from this world, from a bowl of gumbo. People don't expect things from their, when they have their, their priorities right, they don't expect something from their spouse or their children that cannot give them, from their boyfriends, from experience, whatever it may be, that we have the Lord there. And so what do we do? I'm gonna give, you, give us five things that are basic, simple things. How do we live this way to like remember our death for the sake of heaven? Faith. It can seem like a simple thing, but to pray more and more to believe in the Lord and who he is and his love for me and the reality of heaven and that he desires it for me. He desires it for you to believe in this. Secondly, the sacraments, the Holy Eucharist as the source and the summit of our life. Are we more concerned about last night or this morning? Would you spend more time this week thinking about last night or this morning? Like, really? 
This is the source and the summit of our life. I had a blast last night. It was awesome. I'm super pumped that we won. This is way more important. This is the Lord himself. Three, pray to know the Lord, to love him and to trust him, right? Because I can think about death and I can think about heaven and hell and be like so freaked out. That's not what God wants. He wants us to know him, to love him, to trust him so that when we sin, that he forgives us. We just have to come ask him. That's what the sacrament of reconciliation is all about. Real, real sin has real consequences, but the Lord loves us. And just like, like mortal sin has serious consequences, puts us out of the state of grace. And so we need to come to confession before we would go back to the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. Fourth, study. I have an intellect. I can't love well if I don't know the truth. Study the truth so I can know what is right, so that I can choose that for myself and others. And fifth, going back to Lazarus and the rich man, loving others, especially the poor, is one of the fundamental commandments. Jesus says to love God and to love others are one and the same, and actually it has eternal consequences. Matthew 25, whatever you've done or not done for the least of my brothers and sisters, you have done or not done for me. And when we face the Lord at the end of our life, it's one of the realities that he's going to ask us, and it will have those eternal consequences. And so, as we come to the end of this liturgical year, and as we're rejoicing in a wonderful night last night, that we have this sober but actually joyous understanding of remembering our death for the sake of looking forward to heaven in these words of Jesus. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and decay destroys and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor decay destroy nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. May our treasure be in heaven, our desire for eternal communion with God, so that when we die, there our hearts, our souls, and at the resurrection of the bodies, right, when the Lord comes again, we will be with him for all eternity. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.